Do you ever struggle with an underlying sense of guilt? The feeling that you're not measuring up or that you're not where you imagine you would or should be. How is growth possible when you can barely keep your head above water? Hi, welcome to this episode of Christian Talk with Karen. I pray that you're all doing well. And in this episode, I am continuing with our book discussion of The Fight to Flourish by Jenny Lusco. What I just read was from the opening flap of her book. And in this episode... I will be covering chapters two and three and I am enjoying the book. It is very encouraging, especially with the unimaginable hurt and tragedy that Jenny Lusco has gone through as a mother to lose her child, but yet she continues on with the strength of Jesus Christ so this is just continuing on to into the flap of the book when Jenny Lusco's five-year-old daughter Lenya died from an asthma attack five days before Christmas Jenny didn't know how she could keep going in parenting in leading in faith The Fight to Flourish uses her powerful story to show you that flourishing is not a far-off hope, but a very near reality. Discover that true transformation comes not in spite of your struggles, but because of them. They are the very ingredient God loves to use. You don't have to have it all together for God to work. He just wants you. So, I am going to cover chapter 2 and 3. You will hear hear the pages turning as I read and some excerpts and then give my thoughts. So, continuing in chapter 2 is named Born to Shine. In this book, Jenny just continues to uh, write about what she is going going through. Um, As I just stated, her daughter has died. And I underline, and this is on page 17 of the book, pain can paralyze our vision and shame can stunt our growth. But there's actually something beautiful hidden beneath the dirt. There is a courage concealed, a strength simmering, and a wisdom waiting to be seen. And she talks about Lenya after she went to heaven and the things that she is going through. She compares... The okay, what she's saying is how on page 18 
she talks about how God created, in the beginning, God created everything beautiful and he had a design in mind how he created the world out of nothing and the excerpt that I have wanted to point out she states in the beginning God created the Hebrew word for create in this passage is bara which means to shape fashion, always with God as subject. God is the OG fashion designer. He is the master of seeing the possibilities of a blank canvas. He is the ultimate scientist who can create something beautiful from absolutely nothing. From this verse, it seems this specialty is creating light out of darkness. And she was... The verse she was referring to is from Genesis 1, 1 to 5. Now on to chapter, let's see, well this is like a subtitle, Designed for Good. And on page 19, I've highlighted, My youth pastor and his wife always encouraged me and reminded me that God had special plans for me to give me a good future and a secure hope. So early on, I understood that God loved me and created me for a purpose. So she is just talking about how she grew up in a loving Christian home, her mom and her dad, and she had people surrounding her and telling her that she was a beautiful creature created by God. And she continues on in page 20 she states you were created to make your surroundings your situation someone in your life better you have a great superpower to bring good whether or not you feel as though you are actively bringing good into the world this is what God designed you for If this is a struggle for you as it is for me, then I want to encourage you that it's not too late to ask God to help you grow, to be the good thing he created you to be. The next page, on page 21, she writes about Esther and just to, um, I will read part of what I highlighted and then add my thoughts. Esther is most famously known for her response when Mordecai, that's her cousin, strongly advised her that she begged the king for help. Who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this, Mordecai asked Esther. That's in Esther in the Bible, chapter 4, verse 14. And she discusses how Esther was so, she was beautiful. The king chose her to be his queen and she had such a mighty and powerful gift and purpose. And through Esther, she flourished. She states 
on page 19, each time Esther fought to flourish out of the spotlight, she moved closer to her moment in the spotlight. She may have been born to save the nation of Israel, but there were many steps in getting there, and she had to walk through that journey. And this makes me ask this question, what is so important about the spotlight? Why do we put so much emphasis on what is seen by everyone? I think maybe the more important question is, whose spotlight are we most concerned about, God or everyone else's, when we are happy to be in God's spotlight? It won't matter to us if we make it big and anywhere else, whether we have 30 followers on Instagram or 30,000 whether our song becomes a hit or we get the main role, how we live our life in God's spotlight is most important. God creates us for a purpose and gives us the potential to let his light shine through us in any situation. And that is so true. I do like how she used Esther in this story because... Esther had such a pivotal role to play in the saving of her people, Israel. She was preparing for a long time. Um, the king had summoned the most, you know, beautiful women in the area, and they were pampered and they were getting ready, basically, for him to he was going to choose who would be the next queen. So Esther was one of those women. And the thing is, is that she didn't just do this right away. She was preparing. She was being, you know, I'm sure coaxed and told and what to do and how to act and how to behave. So it was a gradual, a, a gradual pre preparation and look at the mighty thing that she ended up doing. That was her time to shine. That was her time in the spotlight. So, Jenny, in her book, um, I, I'm on page 24 now. And what I highlighted was, we flourish when we reflect Jesus Everything we do in the current season is preparing us for the next one. Levi, that's her husband, and I call this training for the trial. We're not yet in fighting. Oh, I'm sorry. Training for the trial we're not in yet. Fighting to grow sets us up to glow in the dark. So each step is essential to the next. The flourishing life is all about being faithful with the small things and watching God handle the impossible and you can imagine I just as I read this book I just hear the strength that she has and the struggles that she has and how honest she is with everything but how she also holds on to God through 
this most tragic event of losing her daughter, Lenya. So on page 25, I highlighted, if you ever lit a glow stick, you know you have to crack it to induce the chemical reaction in the tube that makes it light up. If you want God to use you, know that it will most likely involve pain. I know this statement has some tension to it. It's not easy to read or hear. God wants to use me? I'm totally for that. It's most likely going to involve pain? Thank you, but no thank you. And next please. But isn't this exactly what Jesus said? In this world, you will have trouble. From John chapter 16, verse 33. That's not very encouraging or positive. It's pretty overbearing and harsh. And it's the truth. But we don't stop with the trouble part. Jesus said next, But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He doesn't say... Be of good cheer, your pain will end soon, or be of good cheer, this ache will go away forever. Jesus was saying, cheer up, I'm here, I know exactly what's going on, and I have overcome this. If we let God use what he has allowed to happen, he shines through us when we stop pushing against or refusing to fight through the pain we open up to his will and his way a key step toward a flourishing life and that's so beautiful that is one verse that I often is one of my favorite verses because it just reminds me that Jesus did say we would have trouble in this life he didn't promise us a, a, a life free of no troubles and pure happiness that comes after we leave this earth. So that's always been a verse that I've liked because it's it kind of it gives you hope. Just as she said, we will go through things, but Jesus is right there beside you. So and in continuing, this is the last part that I highlighted from this chapter too. And she discusses a lot of what she says, how she is coping. And this chapter was called, well, this subtitle was called Embrace Your Superpower. But what I highlighted from page 29 states, but the way to shine is not on our shoulders. The weight to flourish is not for us to carry. The weight is on our Savior, the one we look to for grace, for hope, for life, for love. This is what gives me strength in my soul, boldness in my bones, and might in my mind. Because really, I'm not that strong or self-disciplined or intentional or aware or selfless. I'm just so grateful that when I am weak, he is strong. I thought that was just 
so beautiful what she wrote. And that is the end of chapter two. Chapter three is called Find Your Grit. And she talks about the first sentence is from this chapter three. Jenny writes, I love my bed. I love the look and feel of it. And she just is describing her bed and how much she loves it. And of course, I'm sure we can all relate how much bed, when you're in your bed, it's just, you. that's your place of rest, of reflection. And some, ta- some days it's a place to hide, <laughs> to just escape. She writes in page on page 32, when Lenya left this earth, not even the best bed in the world could make me think everything was going to be okay. I remember waking up one morning a week or so after she went to heaven. I lay in bed, staring at the ceiling. Sunlight softly filtered through the curtains. It was time to get up, but I couldn't. It wouldn't mean this nightmare wasn't a dream. A wave of grief swelled upward and over me, a crushing weight. This can't be true. Lenya can't be gone. This is very, very... How, honestly, if I ever got to meet Jenny Lusko, I would just give her a big hug. I can't even imagine um, being a mom is this is the worst pain in the world and she had other children that she had to take care of and that's what she discusses in this chapter she goes back to describe Lenya and how they had to go to certain hospitals because they discovered that Lenya had a lot of allergies Um, They had to do many tests. There were many things she was allergic to. And she wasn't thriving the way that she should. So they had to go to a special hospital, her and her husband, and work with the nutritionist. And then she started um, growing and getting um, better. So, chapter, I mean, sorry, page 34. I highlight it. It would have been easy to stay in bed that morning. The struggle of forcing myself to face the day would stay for a long time. But God planted in my soul a grit that helped me see that I could take the next step, the next breath, and the next challenge with his strength in my heart. The next subtitle Um, that she titles in this chapter is Don't Take It Easy. And she writes, Hiding in our hurt or pain is natural, comfortable, and familiar. It's harder to choose to walk toward what is painful. It seemed so much safer to stay put and not push forward But if we can fight for it in his strength, 
we let God heal us the way he wants to and cultivate in us a grit to keep going. That is such a powerful statement. I was just, as I was reading what she was going through, I was thinking about my father who died in 2005, December the 30th. Almost 15 years, it doesn't seem that long. Now, this was my dad. Of course, the pain that she feels, losing your child is one pain. Losing your parent is another. Like the saying goes, you don't expect to bury your children. But when my father died, I fell apart. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer and he went into remission but then years later it came back and it spread. At the time, I just, I was working. I continued to work but I was falling apart. Day by day was a struggle. Um, I worked. I went to work every day. There was many days where I would just cry. Um, I would just, I would be at my desk and I would just cry. Or his girlfriend would call um, maybe about his doctor's appointment. And she would fill me in. And I remember writing down different things that she was telling me. And just crying, literally. The people at my job were so very kind. I still had to keep it together. I was still, my church family at that time, I was living in the Bronx, New York, was so supportive, so kind and sweet to me. We prayed together. We cried together. I remember being in church and it could be a song or something. And one time I just left the church. Well, I didn't, I left the service rather. I was just sitting like in the lobby space and one of my sisters from the church, she was sitting there and I was just sobbing and she let me just cry and she let me, she just listened and she hugged me and we prayed together. It's so important to have that connection to God As Jenny says in this book, you have to walk through the pain. If you don't, it's going to, you're just prolonging the agony. You have to mourn, you have to grieve. So, I'm just reflecting on that as I'm reading and she discusses on going on to page um, this is page 39 from chapter 3 and this subtitle is called Just Do It and in parentheses it says especially when you don't want to Jenny writes a week before Lenya went to heaven Levi led a funeral for a teenage girl who had died of cancer He talked to and prayed with her mother 
but afterward we didn't see her for about five years until we ran into her at church. I'm just going to skip down. Um, so this lady, they didn't see her. And what happened is it said, it's further down, it says that after the service, she told us that her daughter's death created in her a pain so deep she started abusing substances. She finally got the help she needed and at the time reconnected. And at the time we reconnected, sorry, she was seven months sober. She was just beginning the journey through grief because she hadn't initially dealt with the pain. She thought she could mask it or hide from it, but what she needed was to deal with it straight on. We can try to walk around the pain or avoid it altogether, but it's going to find a way to come out. So often we want to escape when things get tough, but that's not what's going to help us. So this I can relate to because as far as for me, when my father died, I did not uh, properly grieve. It caused many problems for me, and it's true. If you do not grieve, if you keep running from the grief, it will eventually come out, and it can come out in very destructive ways. So on to page 41, I highlighted, let me pause here. This is Jenny speaking. Let me pause here to clarify that sometimes it's impossible to know exactly the right thing to do. We had many regrets in those early days, including deciding not to have a viewing. People we trusted said we needed to do what we felt was right, but we regret not letting Olivia, that's her sister, Lenya's sister, and those close to us say goodbye to Lenya that way. It's important to walk toward what's scary. If we don't want to do something, that usually indicates the very road we should take. And I thought that was very powerful because I can't imagine um, I that pain is. I have been to. Um, I've been to. I remember in church someone's son had died they were 18 tragic um i remember going into the funeral home the place was packed um i barely could sign the guest book i couldn't really it was so packed with the mom the dad sisters just family friends um it was a lady from the church i went to i did know her i didn't know her that well but when I looked in, he, I didn't go up to where he was. I couldn't, couldn't. Um, she had like um, on the screen, like his, um, like a mirage, uh, not a mirage, a collage, I mean, of his pictures, baby pictures, pictures of him. Um, he was murdered. And um, that was a funeral that I just, having a son and daughter around that age it was it was very very difficult um for me 
So I did want though to let the family know that I was there. Um, then I remember I went to a funeral of an infant that was the hardest. It was a co-worker. She was a friend and a co-worker. Her grandson didn't make it out of the hospital. He was, um, let me see, he was about six weeks old. I remember his name was Angel. I went into the funeral home. The mother was sobbing. Her husband was just holding her. I mean, this was years ago, but I'm sure I touched her shoulder. I said I was sorry, which seems, the words just seem so empty. I went up to the little white casket. I never saw such a tiny casket, and the baby was beautiful. He looked like he was sleeping. I remember touching his cheek, and I remember saying to myself, I, I will never do that again. The image is still in my mind, and times you just, you want to be there for people, though. Um, you want to show your support. And all you can do is pray, pray for the family. And of course, that little angel, that baby was straight to heaven. But in reading Jenny's book, it is very hard to see a child in a casket. It's hard to see adults, so I can, it's, to see a child is even. So, um, continuing on to page 42, what I, um, I highlighted was, whatever your struggle, don't run away from him, run towards him, Jesus, she's speaking of, of course, he is big enough and strong enough and loves you enough to handle it and to heal you. He is the only answer to the ache within your soul and your struggle. And this is the last page from this chapter three. Page, I'm on to page 44. And this is the last thing that I highlighted. God is strengthening and using you more than it may seem. Keep going. You're stronger than you think you are. Keep walking in his great love for you. Keep doing the hard things because in the words of one of my spin instructors, that's her, um, her exercise instructor, easy doesn't make you stronger. And that is the end of chapter three. So in conclusion, um, this just this book is just so very um it's hard to read at times but it's also um how much comfort is she giving to people out of her pain of losing her daughter she had the strength to write this book to go back to that day um i can't imagine but she's helping so many people so I just want to say 
God bless you, Jenny, for writing your story. Um, this concludes. So this concludes this review. Um, I will be coming back with episode. I mean, yes, another episode to cover chapters four and five. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. And remember, whatever you're going through, if it is grief, just remember to hold on to Jesus. He will give you the strength. He will give you the fight. And you will flourish again, as Jenny says. <laughs>